United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Joining me now, Ambassador William B. Taylor is Vice President of Strategic Stability and Security at the U.S. Institute of Peace. He served as the U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine from 2006 to 2009, here to talk about the one-year anniversary and more. Ambassador, welcome back. Thank you, Julie. It's good to be here. How are you? You good? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Let's keep our eyes on, uh, eyes on Ukraine. This is an important time for them. It really is. Uh, first, what did you make of Biden's trip? What did he accomplish with that? He accomplished a lot, Julie. It was uh, it was a major event. Um, it sent messages in a lot of directions. Um, the Ukrainians were ecstatic. The Ukrainians were really pleased that the president of the United States showed up. Turns out, Julie, uh, that the last time a sitting president was in Kiev uh, was when I was back in Kiev in, in 2008. So wow. It's been 15 years, 15 years since the sitting president um, was there. So they were very pleased at that. But they were super pleased that he came to demonstrate strong, solid, persistent, consistent U.S. support for Ukraine in their fight against the Russians. That was the, that was the first message. It was to the to the Ukrainians. But they also he also sent a message to the Russians. We're here. Um, mm-hmm. United States is with Ukraine. And that was a strong message. He sent a strong message to the Europeans that uh, he's he's with them. A lot of European leaders have, have made that trip uh, into Kiev, and uh, he's joining them. And the and the American people, the American people have been solid. Um, we hear some voices. We'll probably talk about that, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, the American people have been strongly supportive of Ukraine, and that continues. We have seen some softening of that support in the polls. And I mean, it, you know, it's it's to be expected. The it, the war has gone on for a year now. It's cost America a lot of money at a time when people feel really pinched. So I, it doesn't surprise me that people are starting to question that. But in terms of politicians and where they're going, do you think Republicans are going to be able to hold it together on this ambassador? I do. I do, Julie. I mean, so I was uh, with a lot of other people in the in Munich for the security conference ah. uh, mm-hmm. a week and a half ago. Uh, and. There in Munich um, were nearly 50 members of Congress, House and Senate, and it was very bipartisan. It was how it was Republicans and Democrats. Um, we had Senator McConnell, Senator Schumer. Uh, but we had uh, strong Republicans from the House uh, who chair the committees. So in the Congress, uh, the Republicans as well as the Democrats are are solid for the support packages. And that, I think, will continue. Ambassador, I know the U.S. Institute of Peace does concern itself with peaceful de-escalation of conflicts and things of that nature. Now, China has stepped in. Turkey made some gestures as well toward, you know, a peace agreement. But they don't seem to me like uninterested operators in this. Julie, you're exactly right. And you're right about the Institute of Peace. Uh, we do look for options for peace. How can we bring peace? And when we've been given some study, making a lot of attention, giving a lot of attention to this exact question. You're right about the uh, about the Chinese and, and the Turks. Uh, the Chinese uh, over the weekend put forward a, a proposal um, that had actually a one or two interesting components. The Chinese peace proposal said that all nations should observe and respect 
the sovereignty of all other nations. Hmm. Um, and the Chinese said all nations should respect the territorial integrity of all nations. And we know that the Russians have violated the, the sovereignty and the territorial integrity um, of, of Ukrainians. Um, of Ukraine. So so this was interesting. The rest of the proposal, Julie, uh, from the Chinese, not particularly interesting, um, said nothing about the Russians leaving the country. That's got to be the key. The Russians have invaded the Ukrainians, um, the Ukrainian country, the nation, the territory, and the Russian military needs to leave. That's got to be the key part of any peace proposal. Well, it seems like Ukraine wouldn't accept it otherwise. Ukraine's goal is very clear, and it's not not difficult. It's not complicated. The Russians need to leave their country. Um, all all aspects, all components, all square inches of their of their country. And the Ukrainians also say, look, it doesn't have to happen immediately, and it doesn't all have to happen through military action. Uh, if some of it can be military, and the Ukrainians are pushing the the Russians back, but the Ukrainians say we can also have some negotiations to get the last bit of uh, of the Russian military out of our country. The goal is simple. Get the Russians out of Ukraine. Ambassador, what's your assessment of Putin right now? Julie, I think he realizes that he made a strategic blunder, a major blunder. Um, he has damaged Russia like no leader in history. Um, he has unified Ukraine on his border. He has, he has formed, created uh, on his border a hostile nation. The Ukrainians hate him. They hate him uh, because of what he is doing to their country and to their soldiers, to their fathers and brothers on the battlefield. Not just the soldiers. They hate him because he's killing women and children. He's stealing women and children. Mm -hmm. He's stealing children to send back into Russia. So he has created on his border um, a hostile nation that will be there for generations. And he has unified NATO. NATO's never been as unified as it is against Russia. It's even larger now. Um, it's about to go from 30 to 32 nations. Uh, so so that that's, that's a strategic blunder. His military has been shown to be terrible, really incompetent. Then they, they're trying to fix it. They're trying to draft more people. So they're trying to recover. But so far, the Russian military has been shown to be, be a second-rate military. Um, yeah, that was a surprise, so, wasn't it? Surprise. Yeah. That was a big surprise. Ambassador, though, it does, it does uh, give one pause to consider what Putin might do uh, when he's trapped in a corner. You know, it, it's, it's worrisome because he doesn't seem like a rational operator at times. Julie, think about it, though. Um, just just the way we way we, we say that, that is Putin trapped in a corner, mm -hmm. trapped in a corner. <laughs> this, this, this he has 11 time zones. He does. He's not trapped. He's in he's in a, a neighboring country. He's not trapped in that neighboring country. He can decide tomorrow mm -hmm. this afternoon uh, to get out of that problem. He doesn't he doesn't have to be trapped. In, he's, there's no corner. Um, he can move out. He can remove his soldiers from Ukraine. That's what has to happen. Uh, he's taken to what blaming the West for starting the war and other other ridiculous statements. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, he is. And, and that's an indication that he realizes he's in trouble. 
Uh, if he's going to statements like the West started the war when he invaded, we remember, Julie, um, he first invaded Ukraine in 2014 um, when he invaded Crimea um, and then into Donbass. There was no, there's no doubt. There is no doubt who invaded whom. Um, and then on the 24th of February last year, we just celebrated, if that's the right word, the one year anniversary, his tra tanks and soldiers uh, moved across the border again. There is no doubt who caused this mm -hmm. war. It has been interesting, hasn't it, Ambassador, to see the U.S. using intelligence in a new way um, uh, in the sort of side conduct of this war, being more forthcoming, sharing more of what they know, things that previously might have been kept secret. Uh, the administration, <clears throat> excuse me, is sharing much more publicly. That's fascinating to watch. It's fascinating to watch. And not only is it fascinating to watch, it's effective. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very effective. We saw it when when the Russians were about to invade and we we released information that said, we know you're about to invade. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. But more recently, um, we have released information indicating that the Chinese are thinking about providing ammunition to the Russians. Um, we broadcast that. We released that information. We told the Chinese, don't do it. We know you're thinking about it. If you do, you are you're in trouble. The Chinese do really value their markets and their two biggest markets are Europe and the United States. Um, and if they were to provide ammunition to the Russians, those we would put sanctions on. There's no doubt we would put sanctions on the on the Chinese uh, for violating those sanctions that we have on the Russians uh, and they would pay the price. Ambassador William B. Taylor is Vice President for Strategic Stability and Security at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Ambassador, thank you so much. Julie, thanks for having me. Great to talk. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.